we're driving on the beach. We're kind of looking over the sunset, looking at the water, and, and we saw turn to me. She's like, I just want to be a dink. And I was like, <laughs> what's a dink? What is this thing you're talking about? Um, she said, dual income, no kids. And I was like, well, we've got the NK. What's the, what's up on your part? What's, what are we doing? She's like, I just want to do something. And I was like, just do something. And then, like, <laughs> you're just kind of, like, planning out some, some ludicrous future where, like, um, we're both enterprising business owners who have ruled half the world, you know. It just kind of, like, spun out of control. And so last night, we're, we both couldn't go to sleep, and... I was I was thinking I was uh, Amir actually my little brother yesterday during the day asked me so he's like so like when are you gonna start working on this business idea with me and I was like well you know I'm I've been focusing on trying to like yeah progress career wise so that I have like a little bit more money coming in and then like I could support we saw while she you know ramps up her whole store thing and she he's like. Mm. When's that gonna happen? I was like, when she's ready, just chill out, bro. Um, so we're so we're laying we're laying in bed, and uh, I was like, you know, we saw if dual income, no kids is dink, then right now we're a sink. She's like, what do you mean a sink? Like, single single income, no kids, and she's like, oh wow wow wow, and I was like, but wait, there's more. If we can get this real estate stuff going and we get passive income, then we'll be a pink. And she <laughs> was income, <laughs> passive no income, kids. no kids. And I was like, wow, wow, wow. But I was like, wait, there's more. If we can get your job, my job, and we get the passive income coming in, we'll be a mink. Multi-income, <laughs> no kids. And that just like kept going on for on and on and on until she was like, please, I'm trying to sleep. I was like... 30 minutes of like, but if we have kids, then we'll be a pick or a mick. Oh, but yeah. Because <laughs> we'll have the kids. Welcome to Third Culture Block, a podcast where we talk about the experiences that have led us to art and who we are today. This is Mohammed Ismail, Misal Jibril, and Ahmed Mustafa. Today we will be taking a deeper look into what it means to be a third culture kid and the challenges faced particularly when moving from a collectivist society to an individualist one and vice versa. Third culture kids often develop identity based less on the space they're in and more on the people that share those spaces. Today's topic was inspired by the questions you send in, so keep them coming. I feel like the last paragraph is kind of being like, uh our patriotism comes from people versus like country where we don't have like a lot of patriotism as like third culture kids does patriotism equal identity i don't know some people identify with it like like our brief conversation about anthems and stuff the other day I mean, I think it's I, I think it's just like an interesting point to add to it. Uh, overall, I think it's good. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's good. But also, I think uh, I think it's good. I think in, in a sense of like when with the whole like, well, isn't what you're describing just basically the human experience? And just like all I can think of was, well, the difference is no matter what you do, you're like home birthplace is still identified as your home versus us our birth our birthplace <coughs> is not identified as our home or solely our home and also though you may like be like 
maybe like the nerdy kid in school and everyone bullies you so you don't feel like you belong because like your personality doesn't fit at least you're not like societally labeled as the other I think well, you never feel like the other do you right that's that's the, I think that's the difference between quote-unquote human experience and being a third culture kid the reason why I feel being a third culture kid is, is a lot more nuanced I think that's the correct term than being than having yeah. the human experiences the human experience is is something which is understood and universal that's why it's called the human experience whereas being a third culture kid you need that niche of another third culture kid to fully understand you um Whereas if you were, for example, uh, the best analogy I can I can bring is there are people who I identify with here in Qatar because they are British. However, if I was in Britainland, I would not identify with them. The difference being mm. in the UK, we are both British. Um, I need I need someone who has. A similar background to myself or has similar morals or principles to myself whereas outside the UK you're just happy to see somebody else from the UK who shares that part of yes that's enough when you're outside that's enough for you to have an affinity between you mm. whereas in the UK you need no okay you know what it's cool yeah yeah we're all British but now I need someone who has the same sort of principles, same sort of perspectives on life, uh, same possibly even the same experiences, so we can talk about them, we can share them. I think a great place to start this conversation would be perhaps the differences between the third culture kid experience and the human experience. Essentially, at the end of the day, we all want to feel like we belong. We want to have an identity where we feel we connect with other humans around us on a deep level, which is also evident in being a third culture kid. However, where I feel being a third culture kid is a lot more nuanced is in the fact that some of us have moved from very different societies. So in my experience, I moved from a collectivist society into an individualist society. And the differences between life at home and life outside were very evident to me. The idea behind kind of America is that we should all be able to continually form an identity together in having a melting pot of... Uh, personalities but even in in that regard you still have a different culture at home than you do outside and because of this you kind of are you kind of have like a couple choices I think you can either completely kind of buy into the whole melting pot and try to uh, um, use like in, in invest as much of some of your your culture and, and self into that or you can kind of like try and find your own mix 
I don't think it's a melting pot though American society I feel like if you're like the definition or like the stereotypical definition of American then you're American but if you're not historically you're not accepted so I feel like that is what you're not accepted as American right in this situation when we're talking about the American third culture experience from our lens or from my lens right now right is that you're not accepted as American so it's not you're not allowed to throw it into the melting pot it's tossed in a salad so what are you it's seen as then other you are other you check the word other you um are automatically because your nose is different your skin tone is different your name is different so you are therefore not american so you always have to carry this other book in your backpack for example that other kids in school don't have to take just because you're bullied or you don't feel like you fit in emotionally or personality wise um in school that's part of the human experience everyone's trying to find humans that they belong with yes but not everyone has the burden of other that is brought to the table with the third culture kid experience aka our parents are for example in my case my parents are libyan when you're home you're libyan when you step outside of the 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 door you try to be american so that way you don't get poked at and reminded that you are other right it's almost as if it's another layer that you have to work through yeah in addition to yeah the human experience you work through that but then after that you have the third culture experience right and the human experience is kind of this broad thing we're talking about but i think specifically we're talking about the social animal the sense of belonging the community you know it's just different factors that lead you towards the human experience of wanting a sense of belonging it's a subcategory of the human experience. In, in this case, if the American experience was a melting pot and you choose whether or not you, you melt, um, and that, w- that was the, the, the reality of it, then people wouldn't automatically assume you're not American if your name is not a typical white person or, or quote-unquote American name. Right. Like the fact that I have to put American there to for for people to realize what what kind of names I'm talking about. Like if my name isn't Chelsea or Audrey or Jessica or Brittany, then I'm an other. So if my name is Wieslaw, if my name is Jay, if my name is Priya, if my name is like any insert any quote unquote other nationality into the mix then you are automatically un-american period you don't have the option of melting when the society itself isn't allowing you to melt you can just be tossed in the salad i have come to terms with it i'm we saw it i i haven't been able to melt in this melting pot and i haven't been able to melt in the libyan melting pot fully so i'm we saw it i'm that third there's that limbo third culture area because we're talking about cultures and a mixture of cultures rather than talking about personal experiences and identities within one culture. But you know what? I actually prefer the fruit salad because oh, yeah. every single every single ingredient makes up flavor. the fruit salad, but yet you can still taste every single ingredient individually. Yeah. 
So every single person comes into the mix with their own experiences, with their own identity, but they Mm -hmm. still feel part of the fruit salad. Whereas with the soup, you are just homogenized into this pulp of bleh identity. And for me, that is incredibly boring. And if you don't identify as that identity or more dangerously, if the society does not allow you to be identified as that, then you are ostracized. You are not part of that experience anymore. Whereas with the fruit salad, it's almost as if it's more forgiving Mm. when it comes to differences, when it comes to different identities and experiences well i think that kind of begs the question though it's like if we are kind of talking about this like heterogeneous kind of mixture this um fruit salad where where does that put specific people who choose to identify one way or the other because i think this kind of goes into another part of like the third culture thing it's like are there rules around identifying with the third culture or i really appreciate and respect the inuit collectivism and community around that i identify as inuit like now can i do that even though i have zero connections to that does that make me third culture because i am identifying as that am i allowed to do that one and am i just doing that to make like the identity conversation more difficult thinking of it that way well what i find really interesting about the definition of third culture is that it is objective and it is timeless a third culture kid in the 1800s falls under the same definition as a third culture kid in 2020 however an american in the 1800s is very different to an american today so what makes an american a brit in the 1800s is very different to a brit today so what is a Brit? And, and in fact, we've actually had this national dialogue in the UK mm. of what is a Brit. And you see this conversation kind of happening all over, like in France, too, with the whole like there's the French identity and like French people don't look this way. So don't wear this thing, you know, like don't wear the, like the burqa ban kind of situation and like all these other things that like France has done to foster and develop a you know French identity. Um, you know, that's not a French thing to do. That same thing, maybe less explicitly said, is happening kind of all over, or more explicitly said in some cases, where in the States, there's no explicit law saying, oh, this is what an American looks like, or this is what a immigrant third culture person looks like. But it's definitely insinuated. But it's like insinuated. And like we were kind of in a place where... Sometimes you just like watch those fun rally interviews, like either conservative or a liberal rally, like you'll have the guy come up and or have the news porter anchor come up and ask, oh, what's this thing? And they'll be like, oh, you know, Obama, he's that he's a Muslim and he's trying to infiltrate, uh, infiltrate the government. It's like he will no, because he's got like an America birth certificate and, you know, he's you know, he's not even actually president anymore you know he wasn't president during 9-11 no no you don't know okay but it's like because he's got like he's got hussein in his name and he's like and he's also got like you know darker skin immediately you have grounds to be like oh well that's just that's just not an american and and the same thing is like even if you're like white facing and i remember i went to school in greenville um and there's like a headquarters of bmw there and so greenville south carolina if you're working at bmw and you're german sure you might look like 
white up until you start having a conversation. Then you start having a German accent. Then it's like, oh, no, you're not American. It's like, well, you know, I've lived here since I was 10, so I feel kind of American. It's like, no, I don't think you are. It's like, (laughs) oh, no, that's that's rough for you. So there are, like, these unofficial definitions in the States, and I think that's uh, a source for a lot of, like, turmoil. As a third culture kid, I kind of have the option of following the fold and not ever quite being a part of it. Or I cut out trailblaze and try to find my own kind of identity and sense of belonging and community amongst others who are trying to do the same. going back and you have you have all the harassments and like the wannabe pickup lines and whatever like i'm a six foot human being any any person i walk next to especially in libya are gonna be significantly shorter than me so um a lot of my friends are actually like five flat and so one thing that happens quite often when i'm walking next to a shorter friend or family member or human period is people feel, guys feel inclined to point out the fact that I'm extremely tall by saying, hey, super rakam ashra, and which means look at the number 10. And no, it's not because Shadi is a dime, she's a 10. No, the number 10 in Arabi <laughs> is the, the number one is a one, and the number zero is a dot. And so. <laughs> So you're the one. I'm the one, and whoever's walking next to me is just a dot. And so <laughs> it's like it a just, like, the, I, and I don't know why pointing that out to me, like, why do you think that's going to, like, gain positive attention? And I'm like, yes, yes, please give me your number now after you have pointed out the obvious that I am a taller human being. Like, it just, it makes the the things that they say there just no sense but i mean that makes sense but just zero like but it is that like it 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 occurs over there and that in and of itself is a human experience because wherever you go you will have the the cat calling guys that need to get straightened out but it's just stupid (laughs) it's just stupid god or it's like they don't they've never seen a tall person before the number of times crossing the street people have stopped their cars either walked out or just like stuck their head out of the window just to look at my feet to see if i'm wearing heels or not and then when they see that i'm not wearing heels they're like hey this natural height like yeah it's natural height have you never seen a six-foot woman before nope they haven't so it just like But welcome to episode eleven, where we talk about tall girl probs. <laughs> no tall girl harassment. My harassment stories are different. Oh my gosh, The number of times I've been said like Explain that for the listeners. That means I am tall, longer. Like at my at my height, I'm taller or longer than Friday, which Fridays are their days off in Libya or like the Saturday equivalent, and it's just like the slow day, um, for many because it's just it's a slow paced day, 
So they look at it like your measurement like Fridays are like really long days. I was thinking so, I was thinking um, about it like like longer than the than the khutbah at no, the no. at the masjid no, kind no. of thing. <laughs> like, like the entire I'm longer than the entire day of Friday. <laughs> <laughs> and see there you go and when you <laughs> that's one of those things where when you when you say it in English it's just like wow okay that's stupid yeah. and you have to go like full circle of like how to describe right it. because there's the juma element which is like okay friday but like why does friday matter friday's like like the day you go to the mosque and it's the day that's off in most like muslim countries and then you go to the next part where the word twil can also means tall but also can mean long and so now you've got like the long girl or the tall girl and the tall day or the long day <laughs> and you have to just kind of like yeah this is actually really clever even though translated it sounds stupid as hell right it's like translating jokes right they just or idioms they just it don't doesn't hit no they don't work like mm. how do you say islamidik or alhamdulillah salama so it's like thank god alhamdulillah for your wellness your well-being, your safety. Well-being, your, yeah. But it's like, you. there's like a return element yeah. to it. Where it's just like, like, thank you for returning healthy. It's You say it in a return element, but you're not actually saying like, thank you, thank God for you coming back to me safely. It's like, thank God you're safe. Or thank God you're well. Or thank God. But it's like... But, but it only has but, to be when oh, you're it's away. It's usually when you go for a surgery when you had a car travel. crash, hasha, like, um, when you travel, when, like, you know, all of these, or when you were sick and then you became better. So there's, like, a lot of, a lot of ways where you can use it. There's, like, it's, it's almost like a understood trip that you took, like this, like, adventure, misadventure that you have, where I'm just glad that you're back, mm. thankful, and, and, and it's just, like, this one succinct phrase. Okay, there's one phrase which or one word which I love that we say in Libya. And when you translate it into English, it's just beautiful. So if you are by yourself and someone says, oh, uh, who are you with? Yeah. What do you say? Mm-hmm. Brohi. Nice. Right? Oh. But if you break it down, oh. be rohi, with my soul. I am with myself. I am oh, with wow. myself. It is so beautiful. But you would never... You would never say that in English. Oh, oh, who are you with? Oh, I'm with my soul. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the phrases that we cherish in Arabic and that we use offhanded are just kind of lost to English today, but existed in archaic English, like by your grace or uh, mm. wishing you bliss or peace be upon you. All of these kind of lost to time phrases in English still exist and are still used and are kind of archaic, uh, are, are a kind of are like beautifully rhymy concise phrases that have lasted the test of time and I, I feel like stuff like that may give the east kind of this older kind of mysterious stuck in the exotic past kind of, sort of exotic mm-hmm. yeah like of course you would say naiman after someone showers right it's just like <laughs> <laughs> it's like ah yes like uh naim uh, a lake you know blessings on you um but like and then it's like oh yeah blessings on me and on you 
Um, so it, it just, you, <laughs> it's just like get, it starts getting passive aggressive. I sit on you, not me. Right. Well, that, I mean, we, that was another thing. That's another thing where it's like you say, like no wood, like uh, you bring light to to this, or like you like what it, it means, like welcome, but like no wood, you're bringing comes mm-hmm. from nur light, so you're bringing light upon us. And then the response is like that that my light's reflective from you. It's like, oh, or, uh, or Nori Norik or something. Uh, yeah. Nordic. Nordic, right. The light, the luminance that light. you see is actually yours. Right. And it, it, I'm just holding a mirror in front of you. It's fine. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and that's, uh, I, I, you know, uh, I think part of the commonplace, even though as like, time moves forward, this, these archaic phrases remain and so even in that sense it's where we are now and like an it it forces an appreciation of the old whereas i think a lot of those are lost in english today right in the dictionary merriam-webster you can see figuratively means literally or like literally can mean figuratively so literally means literally as in this is true like exactly or now literally can be used to mean figuratively. I literally cannot even handle you right now. Literally, I just did that. Right. So we just kind of lose the meaning of of the words. And that's just like English is is developing as it is. But even small things like that where it's like, oh, there's these beautiful phrases that, you know, sprinkle your day. And if you take a second to think about them, like uh, ahlan wa sahlan, right? Yeah. You're like welcoming someone into your family kind of thing. I didn't know that until recently. It's just a beautiful kind of turn of phrase. Right. The meaning of which is ahlan from ahl, family, and sahlan, sahl, at ease. So when you tell someone, hey, welcome into my home, you're, you're literally saying, as in in the literal sense, you're literally saying to them, you are part of my family, be at ease. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is so beautiful. Like, it just, it's even more welcoming. Plus, it rhymes, so it's true. What games have you played, Lisa? I have been playing chess. Thank you very much. Oh, wow. You've been playing chess? Yes. Is this because of the Queen's Gambit? Oh, I do believe Wissal has an explanation. Oh, go on. Oh. And I said, taxes? What's that? So I crushed him with my Bugatti. Ah, my skin's literally crawling. (laughs) (laughs) So you've been playing chess, yeah? Yeah, we've been playing chess, and it's been a fun, fun time. We still love chess, actually. It's it's odd how much she wants to play. She just never wants to stop playing, which is good. I'm not like complaining. It's just like didn't expect it. Yeah, we played. We pretty much just spent the entire day playing game after game after game. Yeah, we just had a handyman come over. Uh, We checked out the garage, made sure we didn't have like horrible mold and then checked in like the rest of the house and then we came inside cooked and played chess the rest of the day yeah and we had chocolate <laughs> cake we had chocolate cake oh yes one of so we saw the other day was like uh, i want chocolate cake and i thought she had just told everyone just like that 
no, like I, that. No, like 100% almost, like that. Almost, almost like, almost like I just like she possessed me for a moment, and that's the sound that she. I just um, <laughs> no, it but she like told that. me like a like hundred times. Yeah. So I was under the impression that she had told everyone who was like near her and was living, some inanimate objects that she needed chocolate cake. I so only told one. It person. was no surprise to me. <laughs> When wait, she told inanimate object object she needed chocolate. I was sure she whispered it to every plant in the house, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it turns out she only told one other person aside from me. And lo and behold, the next day, a whole chocolate cake is shipped to our doorstep from yeah. Costco. This is good friendship, and yeah. so now we have a whole chocolate and, cake. And and I posted that I wanted um, a hot brownie and pistachio. So she was like, well, up until yesterday, she mentioned chocolate cake. So I'll buy a whole entire chocolate cake. And then also, and I said something about pistachio. Oh, I said I wanted a pistachio milkshake. Oh, yeah. Um, And so you she was, and then when I posted that I, I still wanted pistachio like gelato, she was like, okay, so she's still craving the pistachio gelato. So I'll just put that into the cart as well. No, we saw us like surrounded by like people in her life who just like send her things. <sighs> so she's just like, oh, I'm so sad. And then like three days later, it's like a bin of like trail mix or something arrives on the doorstep. Hey, that's for you. The Hope you feel better. No, no so the trail mix now, usually comes for you. I'll say I'll say it now. It used to just before we saw it, but since I eat all the snacks, now they have something to fend me off so we saw <laughs> can eat. <laughs> no, no, no. The trail mix was specifically, it's like. Originally the, it was for us, for, you remember? Yeah. And then and it was like, Ahmed and now there's two. Yeah, yes. that's what I'm saying. That's what yes. I'm saying. Guys, I have like a actual frozen cake story. <gasps> oh my god, yes. Have you heard it? Yes. Let's you know? do it. Okay. Let's do it. So here I am, once upon a time. I've graduated college. So just to give you some context, this is five years after um, after um, high school, right? I'm living at home. I had graduated. I was working in Houston, and my mom had sent me out to the garage to use the second fridge. You know how there's always, like, the second freezer that, that you have where you put, like, all of the, the random, like, like, sahlib or, like, the like zamita or red whatever. Red meat. Yeah, red meat, whatever. Like, there's always that, like... That fridge where you hide bodies in the in the fridge in in the, in the garage, right? Shh, so don't tell them all else. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry. Oh, I mean, <laughs> the fridge where you put red meat. <laughs> bodies of cake. Bodies of uh, uh, cattle. Um, and there so there's literally no way to spin that. Bodies of bodies. <laughs> it's always gonna be bad. No bodies, bodies of, of like bodies of chocolate bunnies. Bodies of work. You know, you put all of your literature uh-huh. in the yeah, <laughs> in or the parts yeah, 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 yeah. or parts of the body <laughs> of sheep. So here I am, you know, in the in the freezer. <laughs> She's like, oh, it's better if you oh, say parts body of parts. The body of sheep. <laughs> <laughs> Rolls right off the tongue. That's how humans speak, don't you know? <laughs> uh, so yeah, here I am out in out in the garage in the freezer, and I'm like poking through, trying to think, and like I'm also like I think I was also kind of packing it, so I was trying to like Tetris the the freezer a little bit, and I come yeah. across this like um, this Tupperware in the back, and I pull it out and I open it, and I just like kind of recognize it, but I have like no clue what it is really. And so, like, I go to my mom's, like, hey, mom, do we still need this? We kind of, like, need to make room in the freezer. And she's like, oh, Ahmed, do you know what this is? I was like, no, mom. That's why I'm asking if I can throw it away. She said, 
Ahmed, this is a piece of your graduation cake from high school. <laughs> and this is the part where your face was on the cake. And I look closely and it's just a morph freezer to like freaky burn. freezer burn <laughs> version of my face. Just like on this piece of cake. Like, help me. Kill me. I was like, mom, it's been five years. We can't have this piece of cake. So I was like, you're taking a picture. We're throwing it away. And we're just going to forget this Never. ever happened. <laughs> it was so shocking to me. I was like, what is this? <laughs> it's me but weird <laughs> it's me but weird <laughs> oh god yeah no my mom's full of sentimental feelings like that she like she keeps random things question time question time question time it's time for a question question oh my god guys time this just in an egregious offense canada battles norway for tallest moose statue this is true this is a real news article before me, I have a question I think we should tackle. Oh. Let's tackle. Bring on to us the question. What is the said question? Said question is, what is considered a faux pas in your parents' culture, but it is not in the culture you were raised in? So, what is for pa and what is for ma? Well, I generally, for, for dad, I just kind of reserve... I think certain... jokes like that are definitely a faux pas in all cultures. Yes. Oh, okay, all right. Well, Both that's, of them, um, all of them. I, you know, you got to go for gold, and even when it's silver. Every so. culture. <laughs> oh, that just was bad. Yikes. One of, our, one of our friends, he had some extra turkey from Thanksgiving, and he brought us, like, a pie um, using the turkey... And it was so good, but it had we had to return his plate. And so we were going to hang out with him soon. And we saw, I was like, oh, my God, we have to get something <laughs> for this plate so we could give it back to him. And it's, no, 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 no. But it's, like, worse than that. So it's, like, he, so he gives us the plate. And I'm, like, okay, so the next time we plan to hang out, I'll have made something and I'll give it to him with something in it. Like, you can't give back a plate, Fair, right? yeah, fair. So, so then... He randomly hits us up same day within, like, hours of, like, hey, you want to hang out this afternoon? And it was, like, 10 o'clock already. Um, and then I was like, oh, my God. I, I can't give him his plate back because I didn't make anything. I can't just give it to him empty-handed. And I just can't give him. So I didn't give him the plate. I still have the plate. Because <laughs> I have to make sure I put something in it. Okay. so So this poor guy, he's probably waiting for his plate, right? Uh-huh. No, they have other plates. It's not like no. A... This is like their only plate. So like we're just <laughs> <laughs> they eat <laughs> they eat off of they think of us every time they have a meal because they just eat out of these they like burning pots or whatever. <laughs> Another faux pas. So I feel like that one is a fo- is a one that we like have held on to. Yeah. I feel like that's like a cultural faux pas and something that is just like <gasps> how dare we return an empty vessel. Another weird thing is when someone comes and visits, like not and like you, like you said, if you show up to someone's house and you didn't bring anything, right? Shame on you. That's like a faux pas in and of itself. But like, the next level is that 
if you don't take that thing and then serve it to everyone, like, when they're there. Oh, my God, you I know want what I mean? to judge someone so hard. <laughs> my mom, like, worked so hard on the basabusa, and I was like, yes. And I was like, Mama, can I have a piece? She's like, no, 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 don't Like, you'll have some later at the, the people's house. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, cool, cool, cool. We get there. They did not serve her basabusa. Wallahi, I remember this to this day. I was so... Basabusa is a dessert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was so... But I, I think that's Man. that's something that like that <gasps> maybe we don't keep up with where it's like because like Hatta we went to our friend Fatima's house uh, a long while back before uh, when we first moved out here and we brought over the cookies and Alatul she opens the the we container about it. Yeah. she opens the container puts it on the plate in front of us and is like ah here have your cookies and it's like yes exactly <laughs> I brought them so I can have some too. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, it, it's weird, like those kind of things, like the hospitality stuff, I think kind of stuck really well, whereas some other stuff, I think that's kind of where it gets hazier. Just to add on to the hosting side, and it's you, you do it because you want to, but there's also an expectation of feeding your guests until they can't breathe properly anymore. Yes, yeah, yes. Ahmed is, is I, I, I take pride in that. He has <laughs> more than he just, Yep. It hides my shame. And an empty plate means they want more, so you put more. <laughs> exactly. Gosh. And I have, because I hate people doing that to me, I no longer, like, if I am, if I see the empty plate, I will try once. I'll be like, here, have some more. And if they say, no, thank you, I'm full, I'm like, okay. Hey. Well, the, the, the bowl's here, the, the, the spoon's here. If you mm-hmm. want some more, have some more. Ahmed is just full on, this is your fifth serving. You finish the fifth serving. That means you need you need the sixth. You need the sixth one. <laughs> Not you want. Mm-hmm. You need the sixth one. And like and we talked about sick. earlier, when the guests are done, the host leaves. Kind of kind of situation. I can keep going. You know, I've got I've got a I've got a hunger right. And so if, as long as they're still eating, I'm hanging in with you. you know? <laughs> I don't I don't I don't I don't have any shame. No, but like even if they stop eating, you're still eating. No. Yes, no, you do. I stop. No. <laughs> They're still eating. You just you stop when you wanna stop. I stop, so I don't, I, stop. I keep eating so they don't feel bad, you know, so they can keep eating. No, you're always the last one eating. I because there's anyway. So yeah, you want to serve thing, them. You want to serve them more than their empty plate, so then they can have leftovers for sure. I remember going to one relative's house in Libya, and I ate a lot. <laughs> And I ate a lot because I like this relative, right? So I just wanted to show, listen, I appreciate your cooking, everything. I I just love it, you know? So I ate more than I actually could. And then, bless her, she she offered me more. And it's not like, it's like you said, Ahmed, Wissal. It's not just, just, do do you want some more? They pick up the pot or whatever the food's in and they're like, I'm gonna. Yeah. Do, I'm. 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 I'm asking you, but I'm also doing it at the same time. And then, bless it, she kind of asked. And then before she could do anything, I was like, "Listen, I'm really. I'm done. Like, I can't anymore. Alhamdulillah, you know, I can't eat anymore." And then she just looked at me with these deer-like eyes, and she said, "What's wrong? Don't you like my cooking?" Oh my and God. then I was like, "No." <laughs> Don't do this to me. It's I hate when they do that. They 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 guilt you and or or like so like and this is something that annoys me as well. The husband will be like, "Oh no, they don't like your cooking." So yeah. he doesn't like your cooking. You, he doesn't like. That's what so I means. don't think 
Yeah, I don't think it's a guilt thing. I think it's just an expectation in the culture just to eat a lot at your relative's house. So when I didn't eat as much as she expected, she was like, wait, what's wrong? Mm -hmm. Like, what? there's something wrong here, right, you know? Right, No, and I, I think that's that's also part of it where it's like, you're exp even if even if you know they're full, even, like sometimes, you know, I do like to, I like to overserve some uh, usually, but like, I'll see someone struggling and I'll, I'll definitely, I'll still lay out the question, ask the question. But, you know, I'll, I'll ask it a couple of times. I know they don't want it. I know they're going to explode all over the walls. But, like, I, I got to give them the chance. And they're like, oh, no, I'm dying. Thank you. And I can, then I right. can, yeah. But you have to ask, You have right? to ask. You have I to just, ask. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I, like, I. No, yeah. my, fa my favorite two tricks is when you, you go up and you, you say, oh, yeah, no, just pass me your plate. Once you have the plate in hand, oh. It's over. <laughs> you're just you're, you go. You're out of reach. You're spooning. You're just you know. They're seeing it happen. They can't stop it. <laughs> they're not gonna die. And they're, and they're telling you to stop. And you're like, what? Sorry, what was that? Oh, so I can't. So, what? So, I can't hear you so over all this pouring. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, that's that's the that's the the pro oh, tip. Another another hilarious one is when in Libya. You know, you have your invites and then you have your fake invites. Oh so you have two people walking down and they're like, oh, hey, you know what? Come over to mine. We'll have lunch together and everything. Fake invite, right? And the other guy's like, uh, okay. sure, yeah, why not? You know, and then you just see the look of dread on the first person's face of like, <laughs> oh, God, what have I done? <laughs> I just... I just, I just I learned the hard way in that situation. Don't say it unless you mean it, because almost a hundred percent of the time they'll mm -hmm. be like, "Yeah, okay, sure. What time?" Okay, because like here, here that's like the big thing. If you never want to see anyone, like see someone again, you just say, "Oh yeah, we'll just have like lunch sometime or or whatever." Like you say, "Oh yeah, we'll do something sometime." Like that's the please. We're never gonna actually talk to each other again. Uh, you know, nail nice in the coffin. Yeah. It was nice knowing you. Um, or like, yeah, we should hang out, but I'm really not going to do any effort to hang out there. It's like, yeah, no, we should do lunch sometimes. Like, oh, awesome. I'll be over tonight at like seven. All right. <laughs> I really like these foods. Good. See you there. Oh, and, and I saying that right now, because of that culture here, when I say it over there, the next time I randomly see them and they invite me over again, they're like, daddy, mish should not not you say you're gonna come like actually come okay mm -hmm. and like they like they like look you in the eye make you feel guilty make you feel shamed make you like just everything inside of you and then you find yourself over at their house and right. having like a miserable time he's <laughs> <just> like oh, <laughs> oh, gosh that as well I, I learned the hard way just don't don't tell him it's gonna come over this time or the, the handy dandy. Inshallah. 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 Yeah, throw and then they'll be like, throw Inshallah. And I'm just like, yeah, you understood me. You got, you know, you heard what I said. You got me. That means never. God willing. Means don't ask again. <laughs> Only God can make me go to your house. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. But you know what? That What really hurts is they've completely bastardized that word. Oh, Inshallah. It had yeah. a really spiritual and beautiful meaning of like, God willing, this will happen. Right. And now we use, like you said, it's used almost like a cop out. Oh yeah, yeah, inshallah, inshallah, yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll take get taken like, care of. Oh yeah, inshallah, I'll come over to your it's house. It's like the holy maybe almost. It's like like it's gotten so bad to the point where like Biden used it. In oh his yeah. Freaking, um, in the um, what are they called? The debate. The debate. 
How yeah. So ba- basically, basically, um, <laughs> Trump was like, "Oh yeah, we're 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 planning on doing this and doing this and doing this." And Biden's like, "Well, you were saying that you were gonna do that like a long time ago. So like, when are you gonna do it? When are you gonna do it? Inshallah." Like, <laughs> and all of America was oh like, "What God. are you? <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> where did that come from, Mister Biden?" <laughs> It was a great moment. And there were people like, no, no, he didn't say it. He said enchilada. It's like, no, that doesn't no, make any no, sense. No, he definitely said inshallah. It made sense in the context. <laughs> okay, what about from the other side? Any stories from the Western side? People apparently go through, like, when you go over to someone's house and you're in their bathroom, they go through their medicine cabinets and, like, their Whoa. What? And, like, pe- like, it's apparently a normal, like, no. like thing. And, if, and I remember having this conversation with, with someone, uh, with a couple of people a long time ago. They're like, yeah, I'm just, like, really intrigued to see, like, what people, like, it's very interesting. And because like what every, brought it up every, yesterday was like, there was this video that was, like, next time I have somebody over, I'm going to um, strategically lean something in the in the in the medicine cabinet so that way if someone opens it it'll fall over and then like if i hear the the medicine (laughs) bottle fall over i'm just gonna knock on the door be like is everything okay in there so that way they know that i know oh my goodness (laughs) but apparently people do it more often than like like, wow who does that that's like every every like every nightmare you've ever had where it's just like you come in and you're like you hide everything and everything looks so right? clean and it's just like yeah they're not gonna just like go through the house and look through everything and then they and do and they look through everything gosh I, that's why our mothers clean the whole house that makes sense that's why when she says clean the room we have guests coming over oh to clean it. they've probably been burned before they by can't know we live here just, like Thank you so much for listening in. We look forward to hearing more of your questions in the future. We'll post our topics on our Twitter and Instagram, both Third Culture Block with a three. This is Mohammed Ismail, Ahl Mustafa, and we saw Jibril.